Hello, and welcome to Muscles and Medicine's podcast. My name is Joe. I'm Aaron. I am an ISSA certified personal trainer. I am the president and owner of Healthy Obsession Personal Training and co-owner of Healthy Obsession Meal Services. And I'm a family medicine physician assistant in southeastern Kentucky, I'm co-owner of Healthy Obsession Meal Services. I've been bodybuilding, weightlifting for around 10 years now. I've been going at this for, I guess this is my fifth year now. Aaron is my bodybuilding coach. I've been with him for about three years now. Basically, the whole idea behind this podcast, we're going to try and give you guys our inside, our expertise, some of our experiences within the bodybuilding and training community. Yeah, we're basically the first episode, we're going to kind of give you guys some tips to get started. You know, just kind of starting to develop that healthy lifestyle, kind of seeing what's in it for you in the long run, um, giving you guys some tips on what to do, what not to do, um, how to get things rolling, hopefully in healthier direction for your life. Guys, we hope you enjoy the show. Make sure to uh, like, share, subscribe, and we hope you enjoy the show. Appreciate you all. First thing we just wanted to go into today was uh, some of the misconceptions about this lifestyle. Just kind of going based off some of the experiences we've had with clients. I was talking to Aaron earlier about when you initially meet a client, and like I said, Aaron, you can attest to this. So usually I send out a questionnaire. It's like 20 questions, and it just kind of asks like what they're what their goals are exactly and i think i actually got that concept yep. from you whenever yep. we first started what your goals are what are some exercises you can't do possibly any allergies to foods what's a short-term goal long-term goal um how long do you see yourself sticking with this and kind of um there's another question on there it's very important too the last time you had blood work done like basic, history of eating yeah, disorders history things of, of that eating nature. disorders yeah. mental health disorders medications all of that kind of go on that questionnaire but the the one thing like specifically i want to touch on right here is and this one's always kind of the uh like the speed bump in the questionnaire is like when we get to the long-term and short-term goals because i feel like you kind of have to walk on eggshells around it a little bit like uh you know i'll get these clients that uh you know they'll message me and they're like hey like you know i want to lose like it's mid-april right now which like tends to be one of my busier times of the year right and right they'll be summer yeah right before summer they're in free cap mode because they're starting to think okay i gotta be at the lake here soon they're like hey i need to drop 40 pounds by the start of june right and i'm like well but i want to gain 10 pounds of muscle between <laughs> while dropping 40 pounds exactly oh, i don't want to lose any of my muscle but i just need to drop this real quick like right how do i do that yeah so <laughs> that's an unrealistic goal sure unless you well if you are very obese I'm saying over 400 pounds, that's realistic. You can do that. If you're 245 and you're wanting to go to the lake at 205 in two months, that's not going to be healthy. No. That's and not good. Like Unhealthy, I think, is a good word just because you know, dropping that amount of weight that fast – I think is a lot of, for a lot of people, that's their goal. You know, they want to see that scale drop. They want to be like a pound a day. Whereas as a coach, you know, we're looking at health, like to do it in a healthy way. We're looking at like a 500 calorie a day deficit, a pound a week, a pound a week, pound a week, pound and a half a week at most. Yeah. So we'll, we'll discuss how to set realistic goals and kind of like Joe was saying to do it healthy and not to let it become very unhealthy because it, it can happen quick. I see it in a lot of new, new clients get very obsessed with seeing a little bit of progress. They follow the plan a couple weeks, a couple weeks in, they're like, man, I'm down four pounds. I feel good. The next week they'll lose like three or four pounds. And they're like, oh, but I cut out this meal, this meal, and this meal this week so I can lose more. That is not what you do. They start getting addicted to seeing that number, you know, and like naturally you'll slow down a little bit. You only have so much body fat that you can lose straight from the jump. And, you know, you'll lose a little bit of water weight. You'll lose things of that nature. I see that a lot where I'll have a guy and he'll lose six, seven pounds week one mm-hmm. and a pound week two. And he's like, I don't know what I did everything the same. And I'm like, well, I mean, that's yeah. normal. Exactly. Your body's like adjusting to it. I read somewhere that for every gram of carbohydrate, it's four grams of water that you can retain. So when you start pulling those back, of course, you're going to lose X amount in the first week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, I think that's just something that people don't realize and just breaking down like a gram of carbohydrates and you know a, what a calorie is. I think there's a lot of there's a lack of knowledge there that I'd like to over the course of doing these episodes I'd like to try dive, to educate dive these into. People. Absolutely. Um, the first thing we just wanted to talk about would be like how to determine your individual fitness and nutrition needs. I get with these clients and I think that there's like 
you know, we're talking about like setting realistic goals. I think that there's a misconception on what exactly it is you need to achieve that goal. So I'll get a lot of women that come to me and they're like, okay, I just want to lean right. and tone. Don't want to lift weights. Don't want to lift any weights. So yeah. it's, I'm eating 900 calories a day. I've done 45 minutes on the stairs. Mm-hmm. I'm not losing any weight. I don't understand what's but going on. I'm staying on. tired all the time. My yep. hair is starting to fall out. It's because you're not eating enough. Exactly. So in that case, anytime I get a client like that, for example, I've had multiple women that will come to me eating 900 to 1,000 calories a day, walking hours a day, not losing weight. I bump their food up, give them 2,000 calories a day, let them walk. 30, 45 minutes a day or whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Put some weight training in there. Boom. Three pound loss first week. Crazy. It's just, there's just so many unrealistic expectations and ideas that are skewed towards if I starve myself, I'll lose weight. Let's talk about kind of, you know, what your BMR is and how that's affected by how much muscle that you carry. So a lot of times when I'm working with these women in the first initial phases, a lot of the times I'm like, okay, let's add the strength training in in order to try and develop a little bit of muscle. That way it's easier for you to lose weight. So by having you know a higher BMR, by having more muscle, they don't have to push themselves into these steep deficits. You know, right. They can keep their food high. They can stay satiated throughout the day. And for a lot of women, like that's a little bit intimidating. So for people that don't know, uh, BMR is your basal metabolic rate. And basically what that is is how many calories you need in a day just to stay the same, yeah. just to not gain any fat, lose any fat. Basal as in baseline. Think of it as your baseline. Like this is what I have to have to stay exactly as I am. So by the time clients get to Aaron or I, usually they've tried something on their own before. They've done a little bit of research and it didn't work. It didn't work. Or it worked for X amount of time until you hit a plateau and you need more knowledge. You need better advice, you need a better meal plan, you need something to take you kind of to the next level of your goal. Very common, I see people are like, okay, less calories means- More fat loss. More fat loss. So then calories are now the enemy. So let's get the total calories in a day as low as possible. So then, like you said, you give a woman a plan and it's at 2,000 calories a day. Freak out. Freak out. No shot. They're like, there's no way. I have, right now I have a client, I started her, and she wasn't in bad shape by any means. She's she's tall, um, in the 160s, athletic. Started her at 2,400 calories a day, and she's lost nine pounds in the past. I'm going to say it's been the past eight or nine weeks, but right at a pound a week, pound a week, 2,300 calories a day, which is wild. Absolutely, absolutely. I uh, this is more of a failed client story. I was training a guy in Williamsburg, and he was doing very well. He was losing about a pound a week. He was really enjoying the process. His wife saw, wanted to kind of do the same thing. She had been kind of a cardio every day and was like eating really little. And she was like, how are you eating that much and losing weight? This doesn't make sense. Wanted to start working with me. So we did a couple one-on-one sessions. And the type of workout that I put her through versus what she was doing, where she was wearing, you know, you know, the sauna suit and like doing these hit workouts and like wanting to crawl out of the gym. She was like, there's no way I'm going to make progress like this. This is like lies. Lies. Exactly. She's like, this guy is setting me up for failure. Like, nope. and months later, her husband's talking to me while we're doing a session. And he's like, yeah, she's a, uh, she told me last night. She thinks that the problem is she doesn't have enough muscle. And that's why, and I was like, Oh, we tried to correct that. I was like, yeah, we, we talked about that in October, but that's, that's right. wild. But like I said, I think as a coach, it's just, it's important to go over those goals with people and to make sure that they understand what, what is real, what's realistic and what is not. For example, this is a story I was going to tell before we started. I had a guy and if he hears this, I'm very sorry. <laughs> The other day, reached out to me. Good guy, great guy. Known him for God, ten years. He's currently about 190 pounds. He's in good shape. He, he's strong. He's in good physical condition. He has abs. He looks good. Like he's in good shape. Okay. Comes to me and I said, "All right, what are your goals?" He said, "Well, I want to cut. I want to. I want to get my midsection more cut, but I want to weigh 220." And I just kind of thought, like, "Wait a second. Do you want to cut or do you want to weigh 220?" Because to get cut and weigh 220 is not going to take three or four months. This is going to be a three or four year process. 
that was not the answer you wanted to hear. Uh, never. It never right. is. So to get leaner from 190, technically at 180 is probably where you would look really, really lean. Sure. That's 40 pounds of muscle. When you start talking to people about how long it's going to take them to build muscle, it's red flags everywhere. I've got a guy, and I'll mention him by name because I'll probably reference him a lot. He does five one-on-one sessions a week with me. His name's Donald. Donald was, uh, by the time he got to me, 240-ish, we got him down to about 195 really pushed him he donald did. is also a freak of nature by the way this is not your average how old is he uh, 48 this years is not old. your average 48 year old man keep that in mind when joe finishes this story he's prior service in the military i think he was in the army and the i believe army and either navy or air force he works at a prison now he's managing a like he's a head of security over at a casino in williamsburg kentucky great guy but just the poster child for discipline like I said, we dyed him down from 240 to 195. He said, all right, I'm lean enough. I want to start putting on some muscle. Perfect, man. We go into a growth phase. He's like 203 right now in about eight weeks. So about a pound a week. That's fair. Getting super strong. He's filling out all over his body. Mentally, from where he's lost so much weight, it's a little bit hard for him. And he was like, I think I want to do a bodybuilding show next year when I turn 50. When he'll be in the Masters over 50 category. I'm like, perfect. He said, yeah, but I'd like to be about 210 on stage or something Ooh. along those lines. And I was like, okay, well, we're, Let's reassess. I said, well, what we're going to have to do is, you know, this will take a little, you know, we've got a year and a half before you even start prep. I was like, yeah, we can definitely do that. I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a push, but like, you know, say if he is stage lean at, he was 195 and he was close. I'd say, say if he was stage lean at 195, now that he's got a little bit more muscle on him, I was like, okay, to get you to 210 stage lean, I was like, well, you're looking at a long time. You know, you're looking at, I said, maybe we look a little bit closer to 200. I said, here, we're going to go through this next growth phase. 200 realistic. I said, yeah, maybe we put on three to five pounds of muscle. That's really, really ambitious. But like I said, he's so disciplined. I want to like, you I probably it, can, you know, it almost gives me hope. But I'm like, okay, within a year, maybe we put on three to five pounds of muscle. He said, in a year. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's a pretty good year. Especially if I put, on, three, if I put on five pounds of stage weight the next two years, it's it's going to get nasty. It's game over. Yeah. You won't. I'll just be on top of the world. I'd be so happy. But straight panic mode. He's right. like, man, like, I don't know. He said, I don't know if I can compete like this. So, like I said, you know, it's just... Um, it's, it's one of those things where people don't understand quite the, the time that this takes. The time that this takes. So we talk about the, I mean, the whole concept of my brand, Healthy Obsession, is it was kind of a little bit of a play on words, but it was like the first prep I ever jumped into, I considered this like my outlet. Right. That was my healthy obsession that I created in order to get me out of a dark place mentally. So for you at that time, it was healthy, a healthy obsession. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. But oftentimes what we see is you get people that get started doing this, transforming their lives, transforming their bodies, their minds, and it can become an unhealthy obsession. I think you see a lot of this in, you know, I, I see these TikToks and I see these like Instagram reels where it's like a kid with his hood up with some like dubstep playing in the background or some hard style. And he's like, make her regret and it's like some like after a breakup like yeah. he's like you know channeling all of his energy and he's about to blast steroids yeah. and train trend and yeah. everything else go lift hard two a days he's listening to david goggins podcast eating taco bell burritos three times a day to get the calories that's in. it blood pressure through the roof and that is when it becomes an unhealthy obsession you should be doing this for the long term aside from that for you yeah, I've learned this myself, and we've talked about this at nauseum. The amount of off-air conversations that we'll probably be bringing to the air now between Aaron and I, like I talked to him about, like you know, the second prep I did was maybe, and this is going to sound terrible, the most narcissistic I've ever been in my life because I was, I went from a place where the first one was like, okay, this is my feel-good moment, this, that, and the other. I did it. The first one was an I did it moment. The second one was like, a, okay, let's do it moment. Like, really? let's do this. This is, it was, your mindset was completely different. Exactly. It was like, uh, I pushed everyone outside of like you and Tori away. I didn't care. I was like seeking affirmations from anyone, social media, people at the gym. 
I would go to different gyms several times a week just for the moment when I took like I'm you know so different people could tell you so how you different looked. people could see what I looked like shredded right which is insane but like don't do that it, no, exactly and but at the end of the day I still felt so unfulfilled because right. they're all such shallow interactions because you weren't doing it for you I was not I was not and I think. That's probably a big reason why those last couple of weeks were like, usually, you know, you start to get really excited as the shows get closer. I, um, I didn't feel fulfilled and I wasn't as excited as you would think for the condition I was in. I yeah. Was, and the, looking your best, the be, best you had ever looked in your entire life. Exactly. Was still non-fulfilling in that moment because of the reason you'd done it. I pushed everyone away, like I said. So it was like, okay, I'm here. I'm doing this. I've, I should be f- feeling this like right. sense of pride and you know it was me and you at the charlotte show and right me and you it was just you know you and i, and just, I was there that's it man. through all the narcissism that's it i was there and i was just like hmm, well you know yeah. you, you no I, I can relate to that in the kentucky show i done beginning of 2021 i done it for the right reasons for me something i wanted to do again because i'd done it previously and was good at it and i done well at the kentucky show uh the national show I started getting recognized a little bit and I think I'd done it for the wrong reasons. Like by the time it was over, I was so relieved to just go back to normalcy. Like normal life again was so nice. We had talked about this once before, but like finding your, why am I doing this? Like, what am I gaining from this in terms of bodybuilding or in terms of just a weight loss journey? Like I said, this should be a, I'm doing this for me. But if it's not just, okay, say if someone's like, in really bad, you know, say they have like, they've become diabetic because of their diet. That, you know, that's a pretty good why. But if it's right. just someone that's like, you know, you're a little bit heavy or, you know, you're just wanting to just feel better about yourself, maybe that's your why. But you have to find what it is and let that be your motivation. Right. But just. And try to stick to that motivation because we all start for different reasons. You know, I started because I was a scrawny kid and then I put on 40 pounds and wasn't a scrawny kid. I was the skinny fat kid. So that's why I started was for me initially. And then I have a little bit of genetic predisposition to be good at this, which does matter. And we will talk about this later in great detail. It does matter some, but you know, also I put in the work. Absolutely. So like I said, you start getting outside attention. You hear this, hear that it can become for the wrong reasons. And I've been there. At times, I'm not there now, but at times, you know, and like you said, you have as well. So everyone find your why and stick to it. Don't let that change when you start getting attention. Have the same goals. Do it for you. Do it for the same reason you started instead of the outside noise that will sometimes occur when you do make transformations because it's going to happen. You know, when you get into one of these journeys, like I said, I don't care if it's a bodybuilding prep, if you're prepping for a powerlifting meet, if you're prepping just for a beach trip, whatever it is, it's important to try and find that balance. Just like learning how to juggle your career, your personal life, and then this other thing that you're adding into it as well. And I think, like I said, that was something that you and I in our different stages have had to learn how to do because, you know, as life changes, you know, you evolve, you know, your first bodybuilding prep you're in pa school right. the second and third time you've done it now now you're you're married you're right. established as a you know working your career but that comes with all the different like hurdles that come with it there's right. it's a totally different animal each time you come so you learn that balance you do well with that yeah and it's different every time exactly. so and this isn't just for bodybuilding preps or losing weight or you know anything in life that you do is going to present you different scenarios every time so like my first prep i was in pa school it wasn't that it was hard because i was suffering physically and mentally it was brutal but my structure then was so monotonous every single day that my routine was the same every single day and never changed so that made it not easier but more i guess easier to kind of navigate my day because i knew exactly what i was doing to the exact hour every single day. Whereas now in real life, that's not so easy to always do. You know, things come up, people get sick. You may need to be held over longer at work one day. You may have more plans for clients to to do that day. There's all kinds of things that are going to come your way. That's why establishing a routine is so important. That that was going to be my question. Do you think that even outside of your prep, outside of your, you know, if you've got something like really serious, like deadlines, do you believe that it's important to keep a daily routine, even oh, if you're just yeah. 
hundred percent. So I can tell you right now to the minute what I'll be doing tomorrow. Absolutely. Every day. Absolutely. Every day this week, you ask me what I'm doing at this time. I can tell you where I'll be probably what body part I'll be training or what meal I'll be eating. So that's just how it works for me. And everyone's a little different. Like some people can go through their day, just guessing and going along and be fine. I cannot, I have to have, so I know tomorrow morning, seven 30 meal one, right before I'm out the door, meal two at 11 30. Meal three at three thirty. It's a shake. I just chug it. Meal four when I get home about six. Train about seven fifteen. Last meal about nine thirty. Bed at eleven. It's every day. So I think that helps me though. And everyone's a little different. Well, I think if you don't have a routine, it's hard to know when you're off. Like if right. you don't have a sense of normalcy, it's hard to tell when you're having an abnormal day. If I have a day where I miss a meal or this, that, or the other, if I've got to make a replacement. A good example would be like, okay, so if I forget to pack my third meal of the day, I know it's about 600 calories. Yeah. I know exactly what I've got in that, you know, to that day that far or Mm -hmm. to that point in the day. And I know what I need to get in to stay on track and then I can stay back on track with meal four and meal five versus like someone that's, you see a lot of people, you know, no matter what their goal is or like, especially if they're like, you know, a diet or weight loss client. They have a bad snack for, you know, midday or something like that. Just like today is ruined. Let's right, let's right, try to get right. tomorrow. So I'll add into what you said. Once you've done this so long, like I've been with the same coach now for five years. I know what each meal is, the carbs, the fats, the proteins. And by chance, I forget, which I don't. I know exactly what I need to shoot for. And I can find a way to make it work. It might not be pretty and it might not taste good. It may be four rice cakes, uh, three and a half ounces of beef jerky with half tablespoon of peanut butter or something. But like you, you get to a point where you just know, like I can do the math on that in my head now. And I'm like, Oh, this is about what I need. Exactly. Versus someone who just starts. It is so important to establish a routine Absolutely. until you get to the point where you can do these little things, which takes years. Like I've been training consistently for 10 years now. I mean, since I was 19, I've been very wow. consistent. But that's how that's how long this takes. This goes back to realistic goals. Like that's how long this takes sometimes. I think with that specifically, and this is a whole nother thing that I'd like to dive into, is just being self aware. Knowing that you can make those substitutions versus someone like someone that might be listening to this, they just started working out three, six months ago. They just start dieting, you know, three, six months ago. You can't. You can't. Most likely. Unless now if you have a background in nutrition medicine, nutrition, you know, something like that. It's possible, but just don't. Exactly. Just try to do uh, the, what was the Tyler thing? The do the cooking by the book. Oh yeah. So my coach (laughs) always, anytime I stray off plan, which is often I'll send him, um, Hey, you know, here's what I've done in prep. I do not, I don't miss a gram of any meal, but every now and then I'll be like, yo, I, I did this this week, had a family event, whatever. He sent me a song once. It's a children's song. It's called Cooking by the Book. So if anyone ever just wants a good <laughs> laugh and you miss a meal, just play that song. Got to do the cooking by the book. Got to do the cooking by the book. The self-awareness thing, like I said, in not just swapping out meals, but understanding with like when you're trying to balance your career, trying to balance your personal relationships. I was having a conversation with the guy that I manage a gym with, Tanner Broaden. We own and operate Whitley Waits down in Williamsburg. It was a gym we opened up in August. Tanner is a travel nurse by trade. So since I believe it was November, Tanner went back to travel nursing and I've been managing the gym. We were talking about, he is he did his first bodybuilding show this past fall. Now he's in a growth phase. And we were talking earlier today about he's at this point in his off season and he just knows that he's kind of like starting to push people away and there's a girl that he's been talking to and that he's like, you know, he's just trying to like be upfront with her about it. Like, Hey, I'm probably going to be this way. And they're trying to have that communication, trying to have that dialogue right. now that way she knows, but it's one of those things where, okay, I know I'm going to be this way. I need to communicate. Least, I need to communicate right. and I need to do what I can to mitigate that. Right. And so communication, when you start, a diet plan, whether you're competing, whether you are just a general nutrition client wanting to lose weight, you need to have these discussions with your family, your friends. They need to be aware of what you're doing and they need to accept it. And if they don't, they're not your friends. They might still be your family though, but 
They will not be your friends. Because my thing is, your true friends want to see you do better. Now, that's not to say that a couple months in, you're not going to see them at an event and they're not going to try to get you to eat something off plan. That doesn't mean they're not your friends. But if it's if they refuse to accept you wanting to better yourself, I mean, that really, really gets in the way. It causes a lot of problems with you, you mentally. It's going to cause a lot of problems because you're going to feel torn between eating your healthy meal or eating what they're trying to force you to eat at a gathering. And yeah, I've been there. That's, that's something you really have to communicate. It's very important to make sure that they understand that they agree and that just explain to them, Hey, I'm doing this for me. Like I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing this to hurt your feelings about your macaroni salad. I think it's great and I'll get some, but not today. Exactly. And I think you start to learn what friends, right. You can do that around. We've talked about this before. I like, I know that when I'm in prep, if I go out to eat with you and Aaron, or you and Tori, and I bring my meal prep, y'all aren't going to look at me sideways. Y'all aren't going to think anything about it. Like y'all are, you know, you understand. I'll make an inappropriate joke, but sure, like, you're going to eat your meal prep, and I'm not going to offer you anything. Exactly. That's just now. Even if you ask me for something, I probably wouldn't give it to you because, like, you're in prep. I'd be like, no, no, you're. This is your goal. But yeah, you need friends that support your goals. Friends that encourage you to chase your goals. Too. Absolutely. I think it's also funny when neither of us are in prep. You know, I stick with Aaron as a coach in the off season. A lot of my guys stick with me as a coach in the off season, and I find it funny that you know we'll go out to eat and we're both kind of taking things you know at a, like a little bit more lax place, and we'll end up like you know let's, let's upgrade that side of fries to you know put some cheese on it or something like that. And we're yeah. both looking at each other like you cow. Yeah. Or, you know what and are then you? One doing? of our clients will walk in. What are you guys doing here? That's, no, what are you doing here? Uh, exactly. That's why are why, you? Here? Why are you at this wings and rings this on a, meet, a Tuesday? This is a meeting you know? of men. That's right. Get out of here. That's right. So yeah, that that's very important. Also, kind of prioritizing not the seriousness, but kind of prioritizing where you rank your goals. So, and that, that's going to change drastically through your life. That's something that's really going to change as you go. I can attest to that. And I know Joe can as well recently. So three years ago, you asked me what my goal was in life. I have BB pro. I want to compete. I want to win my pro card, which I still do. But the list that that's on, there's a couple other things that have now taken priority over that. I'm married relationships with friends. All those things have now kind of taken priority over that. Not that that's on the back burner. I still train, eat my meals every day. But I'm not going to pass up an opportunity with family and friends for a workout at this point in my life. Now, I will maybe cut time with them a little short and get home early and do it. But, you know, it's you can't just cut everyone out. Prioritize your goals. Absolutely. I'd like to yeah, I'll reference. I'll be referencing clients a lot. There was a guy that started a plan with me in, gosh, sometime this past summer, I believe it was. And he has a history of powerlifting, and he was wanting to add a little bit of size. He's roughly 145, 150 pound for pound, one of the strongest guys I've ever met. He was wanting to add a little bit of size. We talked about it. We got him on a plan. He did it for like a month. He's finishing up nursing school right now, and he was struggling, trying to balance, trying to fit six meals in a day, trying to do all the studying he needs. I think he was going into his clinicals. He called me. He sent me a text. He was like, I need to talk to you. Can you give me a call whenever you get a chance? I was like, absolutely. Give him a call so apologetic he you know felt right. felt super guilty he was like i feel like i wasted your time this that, or the other i was like look man bodybuilding well, or always, just your physique it'll always be it'll there. always be there if you fail out of nursing school right now because you're just you know that's always going to be there too but it's in a negative way exactly like you can come back to bodybuilding you can always you can stay in shape by eating clean you don't have to have a coach to stay in shape. I mean, it, it does help, especially if it's me or Joe. But it, it, no, Shameless I'm, I'm plug. totally joking. <laughs> but it does help. But like we were saying, some things take priority over bodybuilding, over powerlifting, Absolutely. over competing in organized sports. But at the end of the day, I'm not saying anything should take priority over your health. Because your health, without your health, none of the other stuff matters. So um, that's not at all what I'm trying to get at here. I'm not saying... That because I'm not competing, I'm eating like a slob, drinking like a fish, and making all these mistakes. Exactly. I'm not. Because that that can be kind of a misconception. That's not true at all. I'm just saying that right now, there are more important things in my life than bodybuilding. And that's okay. Absolutely. And I think you, you talk about, without having a coach, how you can kind of create that balance. And I think that's something that we should talk about as well. Just some of the different strategies for managing your cravings or kind of creating that balance like give yourself a little bit of wiggle room today 
as we're recording this, it is Easter Sunday. Right. I made a little Instagram story earlier today about, so this morning I knew that we were going to be having Easter dinner. Uh, my girlfriend and I had some different things planned throughout the day. I said, I want to kind of get ahead of the curve. And yesterday wasn't great either. I was trying to stay, you know, kind of counting macros on the road. I had a client that was competing in the NGA, I believe it was the Kentucky Natural Championship is what the show's called over in Lexington. So he's on the road all day. Wasn't an ideal day for me. I'm very structured in my, in, even in my weekends. So anyways, this morning I woke up and I was like, all right, and I want to hit 4,000 steps before we go to any of our meals today. Just kind of have that knocked out. I'm going to go ahead and hit my workout, get that right. under my belt. That way, if I'm a little bit sedentary, I can get another like four to five as I go. And then say, if I'm somewhere around nine, I can hit that 10,000 just before bed. I'll just throw it in right. there. So basically setting a step goal, getting your, getting to stay and moving. Exactly. Cause you're, you're obviously going to have more calories today. So I kind of am doing the same thing that you're doing today, but a little backwards. So I woke up, I went and went to church, um, with my wife, her family. We went and had, I guess, lunch, dinner, brunch dinner ish it was like 12 30 one o'clock when we were eating i don't know what you call that midday dinner to combat not training today because today's an off day for me i trained the past three days i ate heavy protein meals like i i knew that ham probably has a little more protein than mashed potatoes so i got a couple extra servings of ham which does have more fat i'm not gonna ham is not a lean protein right, source it's not by a any lean means protein however there's more protein in that ham than there is those mashed potatoes so, got a couple servings of ham, scoop full of mashed potatoes, some green beans, and that was my my day, my dinner, and that's fine. Then went to my grandparents' house. They had grilled out burgers, so cheeseburgers. Um, they do use lean meat though. I think it's like it's either ninety and ten. I think it's just ninety ten. So it's around the ground sirloin is what they use. Sure. So usually I would eat two hamburgers with a bun with all the toppings. And sides. So today, where I'd just eaten three hours before, I had two hamburger patties and some A1 sauce. So I got realistically probably 50 grams of protein mm-hmm. and 15 to 15 to 20 grams of fat, maybe. No carbs. Sure. So tonight. A little bit of carbs from the A1 sauce. Yeah. I think there's like two or three. Two or three. Ne- negligible. Yeah, for sure. Negligible carbohydrates. Just nitpicking at this point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is what coaches do. So tonight. Once we finish this up, I'm going to go do 45 minutes of either stairs or treadmill to kind of negate the day, do a my normal meal, back on my normal meals for the day, go to bed. I think just learning how to do, make smart choices mm-hmm. is just the biggest thing right there. Uh, I talked to you about, you know, once I dropped prep, I was experiencing a little bit of burnout this last time. And there was a couple weeks here where I've been like, okay, I'd like to, I've not been out with friends or you know, really enjoyed meals that aren't my traditional ground turkey and rice prep in quite some time. And so I was like, okay, so I talked to a friend and they're like, okay, hey, we're going to go to Applebee's tonight. I'm like, you know, you want to come? Absolutely. I've not done this in months. Absolutely. I want to go to Applebee's. So start off my morning. I do like an egg white omelet, 230 grams, throw some peppers and onions in there. I got my 25 grams of protein right there. I was hitting like a shake for lunch really kind of overdoing it with the protein probably i was getting like i think it was close to like 60 grams of protein basically i was trying to get somewhere around like i was only going to get like 1200 calories in before before you went before i went to applebee's that's reasonable and then say okay i'm gonna hit a diet coke and i got like this little like tex-mex bowl or something like that and tried to cut off they had some like little tortilla chips or whatever it had grilled chicken some shrimp rice some other things in there it always baffles people when we go out to eat and we order grilled chicken and rice but it's obviously we understand i'm like no this is cooked with oil and yeah. i had oil. there's there's oils yeah exactly it's not the Tastes same completely different way better oh absolutely it's not the same as grilled chicken breast on a grill with no oils and just some garlic salt on it it's, exactly. it's different we go to hibachi or something like that and they're like wait buddy you eating chicken and rice again i'm like i mean technically but yum yum sauce I have, to, I have to stay away from that yum yum sauce. I, it's from the devil. Talk about like just self awareness. I know yeah. that some people. There's a guy that works over at Whitley Weights with me in the evenings. He told me that he can go. He's like, yeah, I'll get a craving for chocolate, and I'll just go in there and I'll eat like 
a bite off a Snickers bar, roll it up and put it in the fridge. One bite? I said, you'll have one bite off a Snickers? That's self-awareness. I'm like, you're a maniac. I was no. like, you... I don't even want to look at a Snickers bar. That's what I'm saying. I can't have it in the house. No. I'll and I know it. that. Yeah. I, and that. So that's our form of self-awareness. Whereas like his form of self-awareness is... Snicker bar may last him a week. Girls dating around Christmas got me a box of protein bars for Christmas because she knew every morning for like, I don't know, whatever I was like, I was getting one and I had to dive into that. Protein bars were my vice. They destroy my GI. Like well, I was just about to I say I get that. so bloated. It destroys me, but they are my guilty pleasure. And I'm like, I'll do extra cardio for it just to get this, whatever. I'm like, I'll punish myself. And that is not something that I can ever do during prep. And this is where he is not self-aware. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. However, I don't keep them in the house. I'm like, okay, you want to right. drive to a gas station and get it? You know, sure, that's your thing. Yeah. So anytime there's something like that that I select for me, this this sounds crazy. Oreos. If I have Oreos in the house and a tub of peanut butter, it's game over. So I don't buy them. However, like you supersetting Oreos and peanut butter? Yeah. Try it. Let no. Why? You're afraid. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't need to know that that's You're out afraid. there. You know. So, um, so I don't keep them here. And once every couple months, I'll buy a box, and they last the weekend. And yeah. that's just how it is. And so now I know those can't be in my house. Absolutely. Back to the protein bars, though. She left them in there. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll be able to avoid those trips to the gas station. Because at the gas station, they're like $4 a piece. So she was like, you know, I thought she was really doing something sweet. I woke up in the middle of the night one night, and I housed like five of them Jesus. back to back. I woke up the next morning. I was so bloated. I looked like I was in my second trimester. Your stomach just churning. Just Ugh. churning. Just making all the worst noises. So I like those Lenny and Larry cookies. Ah, yeah. They The chocolate chip one and the macadamia nut are so good. Every time I eat one. So if I eat one in the morning. By the way, sponsor like us. One of these protein. Lenny and Larry's. Okay. Come on. Well, I'm about to bash you. So you're probably not going to. Yeah, that's hard pass. That you taste great. But you kill my stomach. <laughs> About so if you want at eight, it's almost clockwork. Three thirty or four, I just hear, and it's just it's just misery all day. Absolutely, I think that's something that people don't understand too. Is just like how heavily processed foods like that oh, are going to destroy your stomach. Because like I remember, I had a buddy of mine. He was working with this like pro coach at Nashville. And he was telling me like he was saying so bloated all the time. He felt like crap. His energy levels were just terrible. And I was like, man, like, I don't mean to, like, whatever, like, I peek at your meal plan. What are you eating? Yeah, what are you eating right now? And he was eating three Quest bars a day to hit his protein goal. That was on his meal plan? It was on his I don't program any kind of protein bar ever. See, I've kept them in there as, like, a a worst-case scenario snack option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if this happens, get this. Exactly. Just in case you're on the road. See, I try and put a snack list on every one of my clients' plans. There's, like, ten different options. It's just, like, you know, obviously, I always tell clients, like, the quickest way for you to get from A to B is the straight line, obviously. Right. But say something comes up and you have to kind of steer off the path. You zigging and zagging. Here's, you know, the, an appropriate zig. Jack Link's beef jerky. Beef jerky, a good quality. I'm not talking like a Slim Jim. No, no not Slim Jims no, at all. None of the like the none s- of those hot tamales. No. That's not beef jerky. That is not beef jerky. An actual bag of, bag of like you said, the Jack's Link's. The, ah, there's another there's one. There's one called No Man's Land that's awesome. But it's like $13 a bag, so you better be ready to pay for that one. Uh, those big bags of beef jerky are for our six-figure listeners. Yeah. Um, you know, you're doing well financially, but for the for us common men, the four ninety nine bags by the Walmart checkout will do just fine. Yeah, hundred calories a bag, seventeen grams of protein. Too easy, too easy. Let's talk a little bit about how you can kind of uh, incorporate active recovery into your programs. Or I think a lot of people, especially if they're in a point where they've been trying to lose weight for a long time i get guys it's like okay i've got them on three weight training days a day they get obsessive and want to train every day they're like man can i do my day one two and three monday tuesday wednesday and then do it again thursday friday saturday i'm like no no you can't no my thing has always been and you and i've talked about this if you feel fresh enough to train six days in a row you are not training hard enough not training hard enough no i can't there are most most weeks i try to train five i try there are many, many weeks, 50% of the weeks, I can't go five. Especially in Four. a deficit. No, I'm talking about in a surplus. That's what I'm saying. In a deficit. In a deficit, if you're training six days a week, you're crazy. You're possessed. There's no way. 
you, like I said, you're going through the motions. Right. That's ultimately what it comes down to. But when we talk about like active recovery or trying to like manage those rest days, there are some things that I'm okay with. If you're a weight loss client and you're, you know, you hit your three weight training days and you're just like, man, I just like going to the gym. It helps right. me, my mental health, whatever. Some of the gyms, you know, if you have a pool, yep. go swim. Go swim. 30 minutes swim. And you don't have to be dripping sweat swimming. Just exactly. get in there and move around. Exactly. They want to go and they're like, they want to walk through the park. or this. Even if you want to just walk on walk the treadmill. Walk your dog. Walk your dog. Anything. Get outside. Get moving. Mow your yard. Push mow your yard. Unless it's a huge yard. Yeah, there, there are ways to incorporate active recovery. For example, one of my favorite things to do for active recovery is literally just walk down my road. I live in a somewhat n- decent neighborhood. I'll take the dogs on a walk for 20, 30 minutes, get a couple thousand steps, boom. I felt like I worked out. And if you are one of those people that love being in the gym, there's other things you can do in the gym that you don't necessarily have to do weight training. I know at um, Whitley Weights, they have that big, huge posing room. Mm-hmm. Um, there's foam rollers, there's bands. Go Absolutely. in there and go through 15 minutes of stretching, foam roll for 15 minutes and get out. Take a yoga class. Yoga's fine. Yoga is something that I probably need to incorporate more of, especially if you're someone who's going through like an extended growth phase. I know that like the times that I've done it, I've not prioritized mobility and it's became an issue. And yeah, I get up to 220, 230 and I'm like, oh, well, I'm no longer able to reach the middle of my back to wash it. So I'm having to like throw soap on the side of the shower and kind of grind on it a little bit. That way, you know, I can hit that spot right. in the back. I can't tie my shoes anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so- it's like I said, that's at 220 for me, I'm, you know, 6162. That's not an unhealthy. No, it's not unhealthy. Like, yeah, I'm, I feel like, for the most part, I feel fine, but there's no reason I should, like, if you can't, you know, take your right arm and reach across to touch your left shoulder, like, you know, there's there's an issue there, you know, like. Right. Yeah, so there, there's multiple ways. Also, another good thing for active recovery, chiropractic care, massage therapy, there are ways that those aren't really active recovery. Those are just other recovery methods that you can use that are proven to work. They help. And, you know, in, in terms of recovery, another thing we, we want to touch on is sleep. Sleep and its effect on muscle growth, recovery, and overall wellness. Mainly wellness. We could, uh, we got, we got some stories for this one. Yeah, Joe Creech, why don't you uh, <laughs> tell us what you feel like when you're trying to prep for a bodybuilding show and sleeping around four hours a night oh gosh okay so uh, i've got two two stories here so my first prep like i said you know we we alluded to this earlier that was my quote healthy obsession that was my advice to get me out of a kind of a bad mental state however i was still kind of uh i was in a relationship where i was very unhappy being home and there were times where i was like I had a lot of stress on my mind, and then the person I was with, I was just like, just really not loving still being in the same house or same room as him. So I was like, ah, screw this. I'm going to go do cardio. I was going to go get shredded. So in the middle of the night, like 3, 4 a.m., I'd go to Planet Fitness. and On top of the cardio you had already done. Already programmed. Right, that so, I'd put in there. So I'd go do another 30, 40 minutes. And it says no more, <laughs> no less, just this. Regardless, I'd go do that, and... Gosh, you look at pictures from that first show, like we said, you know, it was kind of a just get there kind of thing. But I noticed like specifically my lower abdomen just held so much water. And I was like, gosh, I just feel like I push myself so much. I just don't understand. Second prep, don't have hardly any stress. You know, I'm really just like, oh, we talked about, I was just kind of feeding off just like narcissism and good times. And done the exact amount of cardio program. Yes. No more, no less. Everything that second prep was just smooth. Smooth. It was, it was just nice. whatever Aaron sent me. Yes, sir. You got it, boss. Talk to you Friday. Talk to you Friday. Send him his check-ins. We go get sushi. Sounds good. See you there. Like it was super relaxed. We got through it, and I'm like six weeks out, and we started like looking at shows that were earlier because we were like, wow, you're a lot leaner than what we were expecting. Like we're ready, this, ready a lot sooner. Ready a lot sooner. So we ended up doing a warm-up show in Charlotte, which turns out is a very large show and that was a humbling very large men very large men but this past prep so this third one i go into i get seven weeks into it and started having some like some additional stress from where trying to start multiple businesses trying to manage one trying to manage the gym 
having some issues with the relationship I'm in and it is just destroying my body. I'm staying so anxious. I'm not sleeping a lick. Holding all your weight in your lower abdomen. All it wouldn't it. come off. He would check in and weight would go up and down three to four pounds every day. It was inconsistent. And it's not because he wasn't doing things right. He was literally doing the plan. Which is so stressful on top of it. You know? Yeah, which adds more stress because you're like, shoot, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Why? Why? I remember there was one not specifically. It was, uh, I think I'd planned a date or something with the, the girl I was with, and I was like, cancel on her last minute. And I was like, I just can't do this. I said, I've got check ins in the morning, and I was like, I can't. Like, we weren't going out for food or anything. It was like, I just, I think we were just supposed to hang out at her place or something like that. And I was like, no, I can't. I just, I've got to go home. Like, I got to check in the morning. If I have a bad check in, like, I'm going to freak out. Like, just. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's when it becomes an unhealthy obsession. Exactly. Back, circling back to what we talked about earlier when it's controlling every aspect of your life it's not good and I, I was losing sight of that balance there right you were losing sight of what you what you started for exactly it wasn't it was no longer to to benefit you to you know it wasn't like you said it was no longer a healthy obsession sure it was detrimental at that point and that's why we decided to drop and that's fine. But we've it came. happens. We came a long way since then. Absolutely. That final week, I'll say before we like finally turned everything around, I, I've shared this story with several people just because it makes almost zero sense unless you understand how cortisol works with the body. So really got in a bad headspace, like decided I wasn't going to prep, was like putting a lot of things. Like I said, it was just going through a lot mentally. So I was having a really hard time sleeping and tried to lay down, could not wide awake. If I did doze off, it's 30 minutes at a time. So I was going back and doing cardio and I would do like an hour of uninterrupted cardio, 15 incline, three, six speed, trying to drain myself of any energy. Just to fall asleep. Just to fall asleep. And I was staying so like anxious and like was so like emotionally upset about some of the other things going on in my life. There was like probably two and a half days, close to three days. I wasn't eating a bite, just couldn't hold food down. So at that point, you're looking at almost three days fasted, three hours of cardio. I gained like seven pounds. Yep. Made zero sense to me. Right. And you, so, you know, like. Yeah, going back to cortisol, every time I have a patient, which I, I see a lot of bodybuilders as patients because I'm just kind of in the realm of bodybuilding in Kentucky. So a lot of my patients travel from all over Kentucky so I can do their lab work, give them feedback, kind of discuss where we need to go to keep them healthy as they progress, as a lot of them do take, you know, anabolic steroids, which sure. is, you know, this is bodybuilding. Let's be real. It's going to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. Um, cortisol is always a lab. I check on every single person that comes to me. That is a bodybuilder, male, female cortisol, is something I'm going to check every time because it is so important on, and there are ways to combat it. I mean, there's different ways to combat it, but you know, a lot of them are you, it's within your control. Within your control. Some of them are, you know, unless you have, there are some diseases that cause it to not be within your control, which we're not going to go into because that's not fitness or bodybuilding related. But sleep, water, rest days, for one, take rest days. Do not train every day. Mm-hmm. That is so bad for you. And if you're training every day, you're not training hard enough at all. Yeah, but cortisol is important. And we'll, we'll get into that on one episode. And I'll... I'll Spit some science on kind of why. Give a little bit more background. Next topic we're going to talk about is just the, the kind of the strategies for dealing with these setbacks, plateaus, unexpected life events. And I think this is something that probably doesn't need as much, like we've kind of talked about a lot already, is just kind of being self-aware and I think learning how to be flexible, which is a lot of what we was talking about earlier. Like, obviously, you don't have a lot of flexibility in prep. If, right. a, if a life setback Slim happens, to none. Exactly. Because you're on a timeline. You have a show picked out. You have goals in mind. You and your coach have agreed this you're is what X we're doing. X amount of weeks out. At any given point, you know how many weeks and how many days. Exactly. And everything that that coach is planning is based on that timeline. So, okay, something comes up and you're like, oh, gosh, you know, I had a bad day, you know, and I'm six weeks out or like, you know. My dog got sick. I missed a week at the gym taking care of it. I mean, these things, that sounds crazy, but these things happen. Sure. If you are single and you don't have someone to help you take care of these things, it, these things happen. Like you, and sometimes you're hung out to dry and you're doing all the work. So there are, you know, like, like Joe was saying during a prep, that is something that you do not want to happen, but a lot of times will happen and you just have to find out how you're going to get through it a lot of times it's pushed the show back a few weeks sure whatever you have to do and that's the thing there's so many 
I remember, I think it was Tyler that I'd heard Tyler Benson mention on a podcast was that like, no one's forcing you to do right. these shows. Like this is like, if you end up saying, okay, I'm not going to be ready for the Kentucky Derby or yeah, it's the Kentucky cup. Now um, I'm not going to be ready for the Kentucky cup. Like let's push it back because there are essentially NPC shows all the time, every week in the surrounding states. Week. I mean, within, sure. within, a few hours, you can usually find one that's within four three weeks. to four weeks sure. of when you're wanting to do it. And back to what Joe was saying, like all bodybuilders, like this isn't, you know, it's a privilege. It like to be blessed enough to be able to one afford bodybuilding, the supplements, the the gym memberships, the shows, everything that goes into it. It's it's a privilege. It's not like not everyone can do this. Um, so definitely keep that in mind if it's something you're interested in getting into even even in wellness too if you are financially stable enough mentally stable enough physically able to go into something and change your body just look at it as a privilege and that will kind of change your whole view of it if you don't look at it as a oh i have to lose weight my doctor said my a1c was getting high no you you can lose weight you have the ability to it's going to extend your life drastically absolutely so, you know, back to kind of what we, we talked a little bit earlier about kind of the benefits of having a supportive community within the fitness world. So when you get started your first day in the gym, you are going to feel completely out of place. So, and then that's common. Many people I talk to at the gym for their first time don't have a clue what machine to use for what, no idea where to even start. Uh, you know, that's where, that's another thing where Joe and I can possibly come in handy. You know, if you, if you are financially able to hire a coach, that's always a good idea when you start, not just that it benefits us, but it really will benefit you in learning. Here's what I need to do. Here's some realistic goals. Here's how we get there. It's a straight line shot. There's going to be zigs and zags, but the the plan is a straight line shot. Absolutely. I, I tell clients all the <clears> time. I don't know how anyone walks into a gym with no friend, nobody there that they know, and they're just like, let's go. I'm, I'm going to figure it out. No, that's a panic attack. Absolutely. I've had clients that have said, you know, there was one specifically we did a couple, like I think we did like two weeks of one-on-one sessions together. I went on a vacation. I said, look, you know a few of these, you know, you've seen them before. I sent them a detailed list of what everything was videos. and where it was at at the gym. I didn't send videos, but I sent them the name of everything. But I was just like, you know where these are at? I said, go give it a shot, see what you think. Yeah. He sent me a text. He was like, I walked on the treadmill for like 10 minutes. I was trying to find any, like trying to look around to see if I could see anything. Left. Freaked out. Left. Yeah. So I have, I've had clients before that were completely new to the gym. My, my family members in general, one of them was my cousin. She's excellent. Never been in a gym. Mm -hmm. And I was about to send her a list of, you know, if she's doing legs, shoulders, back, arms, you know, four, four workouts a week, she's going to get a list of like a laundry list of 20 exercises that she has no clue what they are. Absolutely. That's intimidating as well. Sure. So if, if I'm new and you send me a list, it's like, um, go do a bent over barbell row. I'm like, um, so there's a barbell, a barbell. I bend over row. Hmm. Or is that a barbell? Maybe, maybe it's a barbell. Is that a dumbbell? I don't so, see a bell on it. Yeah, I don't. I don't see a bell. God, I'm leaving. I'm done. <laughs> so, this is where a coach can come in handy, having support in the gym or knowing someone, getting to know someone in the gym. I promise. There's this big misconception that we're all meatheads. You will never meet some nicer people than you'll meet in a gym. They are genuinely caring and they want to see you do well. Absolutely. I want everyone who walks in that gym to get the body of a god or goddess or whatever they want to look like, I want that for them almost as bad as they want that. Absolutely. And I will say that about like, and you can say this from a coaching standpoint, watching like my guys compete, like Joe, Danny, Pat, watching them compete is way better than me competing. So like it rewarding. is, God, it's so much more fun. So yeah, and we want you to do well. Well, talking about like two different perspectives here. The competitor side, like you said, it's so much more rewarding. Had Jordan up there yesterday. Jordan Ramey was my fourth NGA client that I put on stage. He won his pro card yesterday. Jordan is a very kind of shy right. kid, very introverted. He was telling me every week, he looked insane the last, like, you know, very two genetically months. gifted. Genetically yeah. gifted. And he was like, man, I'm just, 
I'm just nervous to get up there. I was like, you're going to be nuts. ready. You're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't know if he's going to be ready. We get backstage. He's getting his tan. The lady giving his tans like, you look insane. Best physique I've seen all day. He's starting to feel himself a little bit yeah, more. You, you see that start building. Exactly. And it's awesome. Uh, he starts taking on. We start pumping up backstage. Other guys are coming up to him. You look crazy, man. You're going to do great. Like, you know, if you right. don't win, something's wrong. He goes. He finally wins. He doesn't smile through any of his routines. And it's driving me insane. I'm sitting there barking at him in the crowd. I'm like, you know. Just smile. Just, just smile. It's men's physique. You're supposed be to happy. be happy. You know, look. You're pretty. here now. Exactly. You're here now. Enjoy you made it. it. It's over. He wins his class. He wins his pro card finally smiles yeah yeah and he's smiling the whole rest of the walk out of the building we're taking pictures he's cheesing yeah and i was like that's cool to see so that's like you know well you know danny ray my you know my childhood best friend who we still talk almost daily hang out multiple times a month like we've been attached since we were like nine years old so he allowed me to help him prep for a couple of nga shows and he won his pro card in lexington last year and the joy I felt just from being able to help him achieve a goal was so much greater than the joy I felt like when I've won classes in the past, Absolutely. which is weird. But I think that's just a, and it's, that's the type of people we are. Like, sure. and, and most people in the gym are genuinely want to see you succeed. Sure. I think um, in terms of like a lifestyle client, I think that I tell people all the time that confidence is earned. Right. Which is maybe a little controversial. However, well, I've seen some people with confidence that haven't earned it, but you, I know what you're saying. It, well, it, it should be earned. It should be earned in the gym, in the gym, in life, in wellness, fitness. I, I see what you're saying. Exactly. Like for someone to go through like a weight loss journey or for someone to, you know, you, you're that 95 pound kid and you finally put on some size and, you know, you're feeling really confident about yourself. You finally put on some muscle, seeing those people that make those drastic changes and they go from, the person that doesn't want to take their shirt off at the pool and they now all of a sudden they're like proud and they're walking with their chest out and you know they're like you know this is me i've worked for this that to the me the sense the, of pride the sense of yeah. pride and it, it's not pride in a sense of um like an arrogant pride. an arrogance but it's like man i did this i worked for this and, and that's the thing about fitness and wellness no one can do it for you absolutely like i think that's what makes it intimidating a little bit as well going into it because sure. like you know, you go into it, you're thinking, man, this is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. it, it's an intimidating amount of work, especially if you have, like us, you have really high goals. Like, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. However, when people see you or I, they're like, man, you look great. And, and I appreciate that. I, I genuinely do. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I'm not where I want to be. I'm mm -hmm. not where I want to be. And I don't know that I'll ever be there. I don't know that we'll ever be there. But like you said, it's... You just have to keep going towards that and like you said earning your confidence i think that if there was like a broad brush goal that i could have for not only any of my clients but just for like anyone listening i think that everyone should feel confident in their own skin right should be proud of the body that they have and if you're not you have what it takes to change right. it we yeah. have the tools we have the knowledge you're a to b you're you're a straight line away like i said it might not always be a straight line we was talking about zigs and zags earlier but you're capable but that'll wrap us up for this so, episode if you guys like this episode share it with your friends um it'll probably be going up on spotify and apple music first most importantly share it with your friends follow us on social media at muscles medicine podcast that's at muscles the word medicine podcast on instagram if you enjoyed this you can leave us a five-star rating kind of give us a review wherever you're listening from it helps promote the show to new listeners and kind of helps us out a lot as well absolutely any feedback you guys want to leave with us in the instagram comments or we'll be doing these little like leave a questions or like the questions where we talking about topics anything you guys want to hear feel free to send it our way i'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors uh, we're working with nutrishop of london kentucky shiloh has been gracious enough to provide us with our first giveaway that we will be doing from the podcast. We will be giving away a $25 NutriShop gift card this week. What is the caveat this week what we're going to do for the giveaway? Just sharing this podcast or comment or how are you? How are we structuring um, this week? You have to follow our page. First of all, you have to be a follower. When we post the link, share the link, share the link to your Instagram story. Yep. Tag yeah. us in it. Tag us, tag me, Joe, at Mr. Derek Sutton, our producer. And be sure to tag our page as well, Muscles Medicine Podcast, and you'll be entered in to win that $25 NutriShop gift card. 
Um, as of now, it looks like we're going to be able to do this twice a month. So and we hope to be able to provide more in the future, but right now two a month, which I think is a pretty sweet deal. It's 25 free dollars for great supplements. Absolutely. Anytime you do come into NutriShop, even if you don't have one of the gift cards, you can always use my name or Aaron's name, mention the podcast, and you can save 15% on your uh, purchase. But that'll tie things up for today. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you guys.